you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The Around the NFL podcast is a solid third round draft pick. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. The 2016 NFL draft is in the books. It ended, uh, I would say, approximately 40 minutes ago uh, with um, a, a – uh, excuse me, a cornerback, Kalen Reed, going to the Titans with the 253rd and final pick, Mr. Irrelevant. So now we sift through the wreckage. Lots to get to. I mean the tight the Titans who you used to call the Titans, but are they are they officially out of the Titan territory because Depends them take come at because right. they're them taking Mister Irrelevant you could argue is fitting, but I think Chris Wesseling for one likes what they did on draft day. Love what they did, and right now they would be my nomination for team of ATL. Wow, Whoa. I'm gonna I'm gonna zag while everyone else is zigging to the Jaguars. They're gonna be too trendy. They they definitely will be beyond trendy. They'll just be expected to make the playoffs at this point, which is a dangerous place to be. But I st- I'm not going to let the world loving the Jaguars get in the way of me enjoying watching that team come together and rooting for that team. How about I, I still think they're an option. Sessler, who's been on the Jaguars train for year after year waiting for this moment, is it going to be upsetting to you that everyone else is now joining? Or are you going to possibly jump off because now the bandwagon is going to fill up? I am not going to jump off. That bandwagon for a bandwagon being steered and engineered by Mike Malarkey. I like the t- I like the Titans too, but that's, that, that's yeah, a very Doc. concerning, very concerning element. And I think that they've got a great quarterback. Absolutely. Let's start there. It's fair, but no matter how you feel about Mike Malarkey, I think it's promising that they are drafting to fit what he does. Well, one thing I've liked about the team of ATL, and we'll we'll get into this later in the offseason and whatnot. I like watching the teams play a couple times in week one and two before before we decide. You got to see oh, what we they know. look like on the field. We don't need you know. We'll be picking eighteen of ATL in like late November in. if we if it follows suit. You'll end up with the Chargers. A lot to get to, guys. We on our last show we dug into the first round, uh, the first thirty-one picks 
of the draft um, went down, and now we will uh, go through the rest of the draft. Seven rounds, um, a lot of a lot of stuff to get to, but I guess a good place to start, and um, it does. This was a tough draft uh, for a New York Jets fan. <laughs> I gotta say this. This was not. This is where we're starting. This is where Shocking. we're starting with the show, because if well, if we're talking about um, the the most compelling storylines, uh, day two and three, the Jets taking uh, Mr. Hackenberg with the fifty first overall pick. He said his name with disdain. Uh, is to me. It's up there. It's, it's one of them. It's it's definitely up there as one of the most compelling storylines because let's face it, when the when the the Jets have this quarterback issue, it's been lingering through the offseason. It's been very annoying as a Jets fan. This Fitzpatrick um, charade that's been charade that's been going on uh, for months and months. And this was the latest grenade lob from Big Mac, Magic Mike, Mike McCagnan. He said, "I'm not waiting for you. I'm going to go get this guy, Christian Hackenberg." Penn State had a really good freshman year where everybody thought he was uh, the next big thing and then had two uh, mediocre seasons where he got pummeled, uh, apparently, behind a terrible offensive line that was filled with converted defensive linemen and things of that nature. Hashtag narratives. Yeah, his numbers were not good at all. Uh, And just to give you, the Jets got killed for the pick. Uh, It's fun. It's fun for, uh, you know, people in this room, people in the newsroom, people on Twitter. Uh, to get on the Jets for blowing drafts because the Jets have j- blown so many in the past. And Hackenberg was the perfect p- – even his name, Hackenberg. It's the perfect type of guy that you could see being a massive bust that ruins uh, Mike McCagnon's career. But I, I choose to have a little <laughs> bit of pick hope here. One pick. Yeah, it would be hard to ruin it's a, well, listen, one pick. Well, it's a quarterback, yeah. A quarter, when you have a quarterback, and he's going to be a guy that's going to be in the mix pretty quickly, I would think, whether it's this year or, ne- or next. Um so my initial thoughts were, geez, they went with a second-round pick uh, on a quarterback when they had so many other needs, and it's this guy that's a polarizing guy. It spooked me as a Jets fan who they've taken quarterbacks uh, year after year for a decade, by the way, and and they never seem to hit on the guy. But we say this, Greg, we say this in this room all the time, like like the pick or not, you keep on picking a quarterback until you finally found one. So Big Mac did that. So should we really be killing him for it? Who, I don't think they've gotten routinely killed. It was more just like, wow, this is interesting. And wow, it's the guy I think that was going to get killed wherever he went. People did not like Christian Hackenberg. When they put up the positives and negatives from NFL Network and the negatives are game film. That's a bad <laughs> sign. I mean, they showed some of his passes and what DJ said that really stuck out to me. He said, you know, you can talk about the protection and all that. He misses wide open throws by big margins. He did that in his pro day. He did that in different areas where they just didn't think he was accurate, that he was pegging guys on the sideline like it was Colin Kaepernick. I think the negative thing beyond even Hackenberg, whoever quarterback they picked at that spot, whether you liked him or not, is that the immediate reverb was, oh, suddenly this potential two-year deal for Fitzpatrick or whatever it would have been has now been trimmed to a one-year deal, if anything. And when we were right. texting, you know, Dan's immediate reaction was, I need to take a walk, and I get that. Because I had, to, I had to clear my head. I had to figure sure. out what was going on here because I still remember having a quarterback that set the Jets' record for touchdowns a couple months ago, and now they seem to be moving on without him or putting him in a position where – 
hey, buddy, if you want to come back, eh, one year, maybe $8 million, which is backup quarterback money, even though you just had one of the best quarterback seasons ever in franchise history. It has gotten to that point and that toxic, I think, between the two sides. So now I have no idea what's going to well, happen. Well, yeah, and the problem is, and then this is what we were discussing, you know, away from anything that we printed yesterday was you have a quarterback room now that has Geno Smith who potentially shouldn't even be on the team if they had another <laughs> quarterback, right? You have Bryce Petty and Hackenberg, and there's the complete absence of that veteran that can say, this is what the NFL is even about. Here's what we even do in these meetings. It's a, it's a group of complete, you know, naive. So it, it's, it'd be concerning. Greg had an idea to rank the most poisonous quarterback rooms. I thought that was a good one. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, yeah. That came from Greg? Yeah. Surprising. Well, and it Greg. wasn't inspired by the Jets at all. It was inspired by Brian Hoyer just agreeing to terms with the Bears. I feel like the <laughs> Hoyer-Cutler matchup, that would have to rank number one. That's nefarious. Bradford Wentz has to be right up there. Bradford and Bradford <laughs> and the Eagles. And Chase Daniel celebrating. That, <laughs> right. That's in the We're top. Just playing peacemaker the whole time. That's in the top three. But whether you get Fitzpatrick back there or not, it is it is problematic right now that Geno Smith is is your starter, and I like Geno Smith, but wait, I don't. No, wait, wait, you, that you set that up in a flawed way. What if Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> is back? Geno Smith is gone. I said right now, Geno Smith is their starter. Ryan okay. Fitzpatrick reportedly was so upset with the previous offers that he was considering sitting out football instead of playing. Did you buy that? S- I didn't necessarily. I don't know. I I buy that Ryan Fitzpatrick bought it and that he believed it in his heart. Well, and McCagnan said that about Gino yesterday. Right, and think and McCagnan said Gino is our starter right now, and they made it clear they want to bring Fitzpatrick back. They don't want any other veterans. They want to bring Fitzpatrick back, back, but it's better. It's at their money, and who knows? Maybe he'll really just make a stand, and then you're going through the off season with Gino Smith, Bryce Petty. And Christian Hackenberg as your quarterback. And I like Gino, but that is problematic if you're a Jets fan. Late Never a good. A little late on the drop there. you got to be quicker. Oh, no. Oh, watch out. Ah! Oh, right on the interstate. Why would, by the way, with, with this drop, which is problematic as well, why would a jet crash like a car? Well, <laughs> it's an excellent point. It's a logical point I, that they, Dan has you, you could figure it out if you really thought about it. A cartoon could, car, by the way. You could figure it out. Real car. I look at um, the end of that crash like a single little pieces are landing on the ground. <laughs> Never a good sign when QB1 will either start or be released. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> but it's I, like, I it's like it. the Charlie Fry situation. I think the Jets can be fine with Geno Smith. I think the difference between him and Ryan Fitzpatrick is minimal potentially. I really do believe that. I think well, you Jets are the biggest that. Geno Smith fan in the world. But you just I, brought back Charlie Fry. That's I, dire. I think the Jets believe that or else they would be. They would have offered Ryan Fitzpatrick a better contract at yeah. some point. A couple more things and then we'll move on. Number one, um, the, those terrible combine workouts and the and the pro day or whatever where his throws are bad. They said that they have to re, they got to redo this guy's mechanics because he got, took such a beating at Penn State that they got all out of whack. So they got to restart. They got to restart with him. And if you believe in Chan Gailey, which I think people should believe in him as a quarterback guy after what he just did with Ryan Fitzpatrick, maybe he gets him fixed. And then one other thing I'll say is that Todd McShay one year ago had Hackenberg projected as the number one overall pick in this draft. I'm just saying before well, everyone jumps to the idea that the Jets took a, a, a bum, he perhaps will be. History tells us he did will it, be you a jump bum. To that idea? Uh, I've never, I never made any judgments about it other than I needed to think about it. Hey, here's another guy. Uh, Todd McShay had number one overall on his board going into senior year. Javon Sneed. 
Well, or, or how about that. you remember that? How about Ole Matt? Miss? It, Matt does, it doesn't matter. Matt Barkley too. Cardell Jones. Like these right. guys. Sometimes if you stay that extra year, your your stock nobody, plummets. My point is nobody knows anything. We'll see what happens. I'm a little spooked about it, but I'm a hopeful Jets fan. I always have been, and I hope maybe he's the guy to break the streak. Rich Smini, good line. Jets still waiting for their second cup of Joe, mm. franchise quarterback. <laughs> I do like that they're drafting someone every year. That's not a big deal. You know who's drafted more quarterbacks than anyone in the last 15 years? The New England Patriots. Oh. Yep. With, with Tom Brady. Like, they, took a, they took a third-round pick. It's it, it's not the end Well, they're the basically world. just hiring people to, like, mop up the kitchen floor and stuff. They'll never see the field. We know that. I'll tell you what, though. I ain't getting on the Geno Coaster. If that's how it does play out. I will be very angry. That'll be weird. I'll be rooting for the Jets, and Dan won't. <laughs> I wouldn't quit on the team, but I would be very angry. On to the Around the NFL podcast. Um, wow. Well, Wes, by the way. It's just I, a joke. Uh, Wes, off the just beach. Just a joke. didn't even work with us today. You know, Hello, you're welcome is, for coming in on my off day. I, it, I'm so blessed. Let, Wes, listen. <laughs> this was a big, uh, a big I day. I came in big, for the Jets podcast. Big storyline in the draft. That's all. I'm just making a you, joke. You don't even have a team. We couldn't go to yours. You're right. You're you, just all 32 it. of them are my babies. He's just making a joke. All right. Let me go with the team that will get Wes angry. The Dallas Cowboys. I'm kind of on the Cowboys. They, they got rid of Hardy. Pick up a backup. You're back in? Roll in, well, roll out, whatever really, pleases was, you. Yeah, it's an easy life for Chris Wessling. It's with the job the, of an analyst. With the third pick of the second round, the Cowboys took Jalen Smith, uh, Notre Dame, a guy that's not even going to play this year, uh, most likely. Uh, the knee injury was so serious in college. But we were told over and over again that this guy uh, has the potential to be a complete stud when healthy. So, to me, it was... And Brandon, the Irishman, going nuts behind the glass. Is he a Cowboys fan? I think no, he had he something attached to this. Oh, yeah, we'll get to that later. Hang in there, Brandon. <laughs> uh, sorry, I should have remembered that. Um, but uh, this was, a very, to me, a, a classic Cowboys draft, top of the Jeff Jera draft. They take the running back that everyone fell in love with uh, early in the first round, and then they get the buzzy, injured guy. Uh, Wes, did we like the move? Well, I think – the one thing that I got out of this was Ian's report that the Cowboys doctor did the surgery. So they know more about him than any other team. Hmm. So that makes sense to me. Do you trust that more than Jerry's penchant for swinging for the fences? Because this guy could be the best player in the draft or never play a down of football. It's well said. And I also think that it's a study in the fact that there's only two or three teams in the league that could make this move without being worried about your boss coming down on you. That's that Jerry Jones is, along with maybe the Patriots and Belichick, one of the few teams where the GM is empowered to swing for the fences like this. His team. Well, but I mean, would David Caldwell want to take this chance? I think maybe he would, but the but the ramifications are too rough for most GMs. No, I mean, Mayock and Jeremiah, they, they were thinking he would go late third compensatory, and who knows, it might even go further. But it's a guy... You had to love the moment. It was probably the biggest moment of Friday and Saturday, I think just from a football and story perspective of him getting drafted. And and for it to be from the Cowboys and a chance to maybe play next to Sean Lee, how about that combination? You love it, and it's a – even though it is – Three games a year, that combination? It's very much (laughs) a Cowboys move because it's a big splash. On the other hand, you think of the Cowboys as – kind of a win now we got to do it now type of 
team, and yet it's really not a win-now move at all. It's a let's let's put this guy on ice for a year and let's see what pays off later. So I give Jerry Jones kudos for doing something that took a lot of guts and takes some patience because, you know, they're running out of years here with Tony Roma. And who knows? They tried to trade up for Paxton Lynch. It's almost maybe never would have happened. But maybe, you know, the Cowboys probably would have taken him in the third round because I don't know if anyone else would It's funny. They're a win-now team that's been to the playoffs once in the past seven years, I believe. <laughs> right. I mean, it's but that is the mentality, and they do go for it year after year. They did it in last year's I draft. think any team that has a 36-, 7-year-old quarterback – with coming off multiple injuries is a win now team when yeah. you don't have another quarterback. Although they did they did draft it while we're talking Cowboys, we might as well mention uh, Dak Prescott. A lot of people liked uh, quite a bit uh, taken in the fourth round by the Cowboys. Nice spot for him at least. Well, I yeah I had thought they were going to take one earlier in the draft and they tried to. It sounds like, but yeah they had to get somebody else in there. I don't know a lot about this guy, but again they are in a situation where. Romo is going to have to stay healthy once again for them to have any chance. There's not going to be any uh, safety net with them. And they've been, I believe I saw a stat today uh, that they're 1-13 in 13 without Romo in the last couple of years. So it's again. That's on the GM slash owner for not yeah. having a better yeah. back. Yeah, I mean, they have, uh, they have Kellen Moore and Jamel Showers, who yeah. I think we're all very, you know, familiar with. I mean, with. he is a human, I believe. But you could do all that. You could have this, like, the new Adrian Peterson in the backfield. You could have this game-breaking linebacker. Uh, but if Tony gets hurt, nothing matters. True with most teams in their starting quarterback. Most, but seems like the Cowboys more yeah. than other teams. And speaking of uh, injury risk draft picks, um, let's move to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ooh, the Jags. My own. How about the Jaguars, huh? I mean, I the one I'm thing I think about here. Jacksonville, well. Well, Miles first. Jack, yeah. um, who was – Thought to be a first-round pick, maybe a mid-first round, maybe even top ten if somebody got really excited about him. He had a knee issue people were concerned about, but the Jaguars went for it. Uh, they took uh, Jack with what pick was that? It was the fourth pick of the third fourth round. Fourth pick of the third round. They take Jack off the board. And, Wes, tell us now, uh, when when you look at this team after their first-round pick, they get the big cornerback. Their first-round pick last year, we didn't see. Well, all of a sudden, what do you got? What do you got cooking there? Well, I think if you're a Jaguars fan, you get excited about the fact that basically you're getting three top-five talents because Dante Fowler was a top-five pick. He's coming back. Jalen Ramsey, some people thought was the best player in the draft. People and love that. Guy. Some people thought Miles Jack was the best player in the draft. So. Miles Jack might only play five years. Who knows? He might only play two years. He might play 12. But but I think you have to be excited for all that. And their GM said it well. You have to take some chances. I don't think that you can just sit back and be conservative all the time. And his free agent class allowed him to take some chances because he has depth now. I mean, I would say that you – I can try to think of another team that in one offseason – did as much on one side of the ball to improve every level of their defense. I can't think of another team that went. It's the combination of the of the risks they took, where they were in the draft, and the free agency moves. I mean, they're under pressure, but these weren't all desperate moves either. They all fit with Gus Bradley's they, defense, and that's why I do think that they're an ATN team potential because there's reason to believe that the defense, which is what thirty first in the league, giving points up last year. Right. If it's not better now, it's a Gus. Pa it's a Gus Bradley problem. Well, there's also the. Well, or we're just overrating. Yeah, the Caldwell's move. Or it could be a football gods problem because yeah. the Jaguars seem like a team that struggled to kind of get everything to coalesce in a way that allows it to. And they they're taking some chances here. They got Fowler's coming off an ACL. We don't know if he'll be the same athlete, and we don't know if Jack is going to be healthy. I mean, the Ramsey sounds like a stud in their secondary now, but they still need some things to click properly but 
on the surface on draft day or right after the draft seems like they did a lot of good work. I mean, they're literally two of the top three players on DJ's board, and I put stock into DJ's evaluation. That's he had Jack number two. That was the kind of player. And you think of what you want in a 2016 linebacker. It's a guy that can do everything. He can do weak side. He can be a kind of a thumper in the middle. You can have him pass rush. You can have him cover line. You know, you can have him cover tight ends and wide receivers. Then you have Telvin Smith, who I think is a really underrated good player. You put him next to Telvin Smith. I mean, they, they are just very athletic everywhere. And they didn't really touch the offense at all, not only in a little bit in free agency with Chris Ivory, but in this draft, their first four picks were all defense. I mean, they just kept loading up defensive pick after defensive pick, and it's up to Bradley to make it work. To put this in perspective, a year ago at this time, we were saying that basically the only above-average player on that roster was son Derek Marks. Hmm. They, and now he's like the eighth or ninth guy you think of on that defense. They pick up Tashawn G- Gibson, who's a Pro Bowl safety, Malik Jackson they give a ton of money to. You mentioned Telvin Smith, Prince, Prince of Mukamara. He's solid. I mean, it, you have to make the – you have to win, though. And the expectations now is anything less than 9-7 and seven is a bad season. That probably gets I think Bradley Fowley. But people. that probably was the case even before this draft it was. free agency. So, so you might as well go for it. But they, they will be seen – Maybe as the AFC South favorite, which is tricky so. because the Colts and the Texans are there thinking they're going to make the playoffs too with with good reason. You so know, there's going to be other three don't teams that forget play. about the Titans like that. I don't think the Titans are going to believe they're the best team. It doesn't get. mean, though, when you add all these players, it can take even like eight weeks of a season for these guys that have never played together, half of them t- to gel. Does, and that, that's the risk. Does ownership have the patience? I think he's shown it's he that situation. And again, they they get out to a two and eight start, and they're out of the mix. And then you know you worry about if that leads to a firing. If they have a bad season, they have to reboot the machine. Will they mess this up? But it seems like there's a nice core here. And by the way, the guy that we probably get was talked about the least in the in the second round was poor Henry Hunter, the tight end. The Chargers took a 35 overall. He was taken between Jalen Smith and Miles Jack. Jack went in the second round, uh, 36th overall. Antonio Gates is. Uh replacement someday old hunter henry the, the first second tight end off the, first tight end off the board first we thought it was ladarius green that would be his replacement and now perhaps henry hunter um, hunter henry hunter henry excuse me i hope his middle initial is eight. h squared new triple h um all right now let's move to the titans <laughs> there you go west no, what about the jets those big market teams that west doesn't like now we're getting into the <laughs> afc south you like that the Tennessee I, Titans. Here's here's an idea out of yeah. left field. Forget team of ATL. Division of ATL. Whoa. The AFC South. I can get on board with that. All right. So let's, let's look at what the Titans did here. And um, that would be going to pull this change up. in the game. I like that. <laughs> well, that everyone would have a little bit of something to like. Yeah. Because I think we've proven team of yeah. ATL well, still is, do is not going to please all four people. I didn't like their first pick. I, I thought they should have taken Tunsil. A lot of people did. Jack Conklin, I don't know about his ability, but it's they got the, a big tackle and somebody that could protect the quarterback, which they needed. And then they go and they get Derrick Henry. They have four picks, three picks in the second round. Kevin Dodd, a defensive end. Austin Johnson, nose tackle, so they address their interior line. And then they go and get Derrick Henry out of Alabama, who's like known as like a hard downhill guy, and they got DeMarco Murray there. I think we all thought the Murray uh, trade had some red flags to it, but you pair him with a young dog like this, maybe it works. My biggest winner for the offseason is, is Marcus Mariota. No matter what you think about Mike Malarkey, and I know everybody doubts him, he's, he's a vanilla option for your 
for your coach, but he has a defined philosophy, and, and Terry Robisky does too. They're going to play power play action football, and they pick up the nastiest offensive lineman in the draft, put him at right tackle. They pick up a new Eddie George with Derrick Henry. They're a much tougher team. And if you watch them, I watched all of Mario's throws for our redraft series. Every t- <laughs> You're watching the Dolphins at Cam Wake's coming off beating the right tackle every single time. Uh, you've got Antonio Andrews as the slowest running back in the league, and he's got no one to throw to. And now you, if D, DGB is another year older, you've got him. You pick up Rashard Matthews, at least some bigger bodies. But I think it's exciting. They're going to play smash mouth football. They ran mostly last year, boot action and run option. And if you're going to do that, you have to have a running attack. They had no running attack. I think it's going to be a much different game. But why draft the same type of player as DeMarco Murray? You just invested in DeMarco Murray, and you get another DeMarco guy. DeMarco Murray is a 29-year-old running back who was terrible last year. That's fine, but they just invested in him. Not a ton, but they invested in him. And Henry's a straight-ahead guy who a lot of people didn't think was going to fit on many teams. Maybe maybe he'll fit on this team, but it's That's not a I'm player saying. that gets you excited. They drafted for their philosophy. The most common trait of running backs, I think, that end up making it is someone with a little lateral juice that can make you miss in a hole, whether they're big or they're small. And Henry, there's big questions about whether he has that and whether he's an asset at all on passing downs, which, oh, by the way, almost every down is a passing down in the NFL. They have Dexter McCluster. So, so if Dexter, if you have – uh, a guy that you just traded for and you paid good money. And then you have a second round pick and Dexter McCluster is paying half the snaps because you're always Dexter in third McCluster and long. Dexter not going to be playing half And the that's snaps. a problem. That's well, DeMarco Murray's excellent in the passing game. He's okay. Yeah, that's He's right. very good in the passing well, game. Well, he wasn't last year. I mean, we need to see what I, DeMarco Murray DeMarco is. DeMarco Murray averaged more than 10 yards per reception. We need to see what DeMarco Murray is next season. I know he, before. Didn't, he didn't move that well last season, but also that whole thing was a the mess. Whole thing was I a almost want to just give him a mulligan for the Philadelphia experience and just see what he can do this year. But I like the idea of pairing. Who was the guy that we liked last summer in Tennessee? In the well, they had David Cobb. I like Cobb. Cobb is I don't now I mean, just oh, – He's, He's persona non grata. We'll look yeah. at it as a previous regime because nope. the old coach got fired for the protection, so you're right. And they let's not forget they have Dick LeBeau running the defense. I mean, this is there is there is a reason to get behind Tennessee, but like the Jaguars, you got to go show it. I think their defense whole AFC South. I think their defensive roster does have more potential than people think. I think it's it's not a exciting group, but if top to bottom, it's deeper than a lot of defense than you would think when you just think of the Titans defense. Mark, does it spook you that Dick LeBeau is older than George Burns? He's, he doesn't seem old to George me. Burns, did you he's say? not older yeah. than George Burns. Is that a George Burns, Burns reference? Wow. It's a, G- a GB reference. George Burns was 90 when Mark and I were kids. Um, th- that is str- – by the way, the AFC South, you're not concerned, by the way, that, that he's an older man. Well, that's not factual. I'm not going to be concerned with a fact yeah. that is not a fact. George, George Burns – passed away at age 100 in 1996. So RIP, George Burns. Georgie boy. The late Bo- George Burns. He was born in 1896. <laughs> it's an old dude. Original name, Nathan Birnbaum. What were you going to huh. say about the AFC South? Day? I was going to say that the AFC South is shaping up, and I can't believe I'm saying this, and it tells you how quickly things change in the National Football League, the most fascinating division. I wonder Football. if someone wrote an article about this at the uh, owners' meetings. Did you? Probably not. Were you there? Yes, I was there. I penned a long feature story about it. The Colts, Titans, Jaguars, and Texans. Put those teams in order and how they'll finish right now, Wes. That's a tough question. Colts first. Okay. I'm going to hold you to this. I don't know. This is too hard. Colts first, Jaguars second. Yummy. Texans third, Titans fourth. 
but I could see the Titans finishing first too. I think if we go on to get saucy, you cannot have that. We've got to get the Colts out of first. I think do not underestimate the fact that Marcus Mariota could turn into be a fantastic quarterback. Well, it's it's a great quarterback division in terms of intrigue. I mean, I want to see what Andrew Luck does this year after what happened last year. I love watching Blake Bortles. Give him a mulligan for last year. I think we do. We're assuming, and the Jaguars are assuming, that the the Jaguars keep all that offensive progress and keep it going. Like, we'll see. We'll see what Blake Bortles does. I mean, he's he's a blast to watch. The Texans are the team, I think, that's set up to be a little disappointing. But they had a fun little week, too. What are you talking about? Wait, did you just say a blast to watch? Yeah. (laughs) That's an old, old, speaking of George Burns. Oh, yeah, they'll be a blast blast to watch. A lot of Young kids really working hard out there. It's like Charlie Casserly was suddenly to my right. Let's talk about the Texans because they're an exciting team that had an interesting draft as well. They load up on offense, fellas. They used their they only had six picks in the draft, and they focused on the offensive side of the ball. The first four picks, uh, they went with a wide receiver, Will Fuller out of Notre Dame. I saw that pick was uh, panned in some places. We'll see. Some people thought he was out. kind of the one-trick speedster pony right. that doesn't work and out too. You well. know what they say things like that about? Uh, you know, a John Brown coming out too. We don't know anything. Worked out fine for Deshaun Jackson. Right. But that, I think people because they were the, when they had that run. No one said that about John Brown. Who said that about? John? They said it about Deshaun Jackson though, didn't they? Sure. When they had, had that a fine career run of three wide receivers in the first round, I think the Titans were up first, and they took Fuller. So some people thought uh, Treadwell, and who was the other? Uh, White. Josh Dotson was Josh Dotson. on the board there. Well, I think they already have a, a DeAndre Hopkins who's a possession receiver and in a red zone threat. They needed to take the top off the w- defense guy. Braxton Although Miller I would take it to DeAndre Hopkins as well. That would be nice. Well, they play different positions. Well, um, anyway, so Fuller goes uh, with their first pick, 21st overall. Then they go get a guard, uh, Nick Martin, out of Notre Center. Dame. Center. Uh, okay, center. Uh, so back-to-back Notre Dame guys. And then uh, Braxton Miller, wide receiver out of Ohio, Ohio State. So two of their first three picks are wide out, so they're determined to give Brock Osweiler some weapons, more weapons. And then with their fourth pick, 119 overall, Tyler Irvin. So they add a running back, which they need to start rebuilding that backfield now that Aaron Arian Foster's in the past. Uh, not bad. A totally different look, Wes. Yeah, I think of two things when I think of what they did. First of all, if you're going to invest that much money in Brock Osweiler, it's smart to give him what he needs to be successful. And the other thing I think is Bill O'Brien's a big winner because we saw him last year resort to smoke and mirrors in this offense. It was gadget plays left and right. He didn't trust his quarterback. He didn't trust any of the weapons to do anything except DeAndre Hopkins. And they got – they go out and get a 4-4 running back in Lamar Miller, 4-3 wide receiver in Will Fuller, 4-3 slot receiver in Braxton Miller, and then Irvin, the running back in space. They just added a ton of speed and playmaking ability. Right. you got to scat back to pair with Lamar Miller. Think, thinking about this offense now and all these young players, and Braxton Miller, who knows? I mean, he just started playing wide receiver. What his his ceiling could be, or maybe, or maybe this shows a lack of confidence in Osweiler, and they think Braxton Miller could be a quarterback. No, I think that I mean Braxton Miller is one of the most uh, you know inspiring college stories because out for the entire 2014 season, and he didn't get a lot of touches last year at Ohio State. Not what some of these other wide receivers that got drafted around him did, but he's an incredible athlete. 
Right. And I mean, the Texans, if you think about it, they were a committee by running back by committee last year, a quarterback by committee, and DeAndre Hopkins still went absolutely off with a bunch of Joes throwing the ball to him. One of the one of the big losers this weekend is Hoyer. Looking at all this in Houston, look at what they're doing for this guy Osweiler. Meanwhile, I'm stuck, you know, taking a it's, backup contract. Well, they knew what Hoyer Cutler. was. It's almost like he was the inciting moment too, though. I think he so. was. Like, he was so bad that the owners like, not we have some great pieces here, but. What we have is not working, and he's the main reason why. <laughs> Car crash sound. Epic January meltdown spurns massive contract for Osweiler in draft day splurge. And and it and it <laughs> not only that it changed the the course of the Texans and and the Broncos. If you think of it, maybe maybe if maybe if Denver keeps Osweiler, maybe Paxton Lynch winds up being the Houston Texans quarterback at number twenty one. Starting to sound like Damashek. This is the <laughs> NFL. <laughs> I like that we have all four AFC South teams going twelve and four. Yeah, something <laughs> something's gonna gotta give. That is the funny thing. I mean, we just spent almost twenty minutes talking about the AFC South. That's a good for them. That's that's a a it never happened. But a good there's a good chance one, two, perhaps three or four of these teams all stink next year. It's it's possible. I'm going to say no this time, but I've said that Probably. four years in a row. So Somebody will disappoint, though. We sure. At least one. All right. Let's uh, talk about Rex Ryan. Uh, you know, there were rumors and whispers that Rex Ryan was out of a job, basically, by the end of his first season in Buffalo, which tells you how disappointed the organization was in the job that Rex did. But you wouldn't be able to tell that based on their uh, drafting. Of course, they took Shaq Lawson, the defensive end, uh, with the 19th overall pick, he's the guy that's supposed to replace Mario Williams. But then their next two picks, they go two more defensive players. And the second guy, um, or the first guy I'll mention here, Reggie Ragland out of Alabama, he is the most intriguing player here. A lot of people thought that he would go in the first round. There was some type of heart issue. Like Mario Williams had a heart issue, but it was more like, what is it? Uh, not like the, it's like sy- symbolically, he didn't have a heart. This guy... Reggie they're, Ragland. They're like opposites. It was like, yeah, they're like opposites. This guy actually had a physical His defect too of big. some kind. He's yeah. an enlarged aorta. Aorta. Uh, so that's how he fell down the board. So the, the Bills grab him with the second pick, and then they get a man, nice name, Adolphus Washington out of Ohio State with their third pick. Mark, you fell in love with Reggie Ragland in your tape study leading up to the draft. <laughs> that it, to call it that is a slight exaggeration, a tape study. But I, I think – You were honking, though. Yeah, if you go uh, watch him, he's uh, just Rosenthal absolute is- like old school – Hard hitter. Rex Ryan loves him. It fills a need for them. The Bills had a good draft, and I think this is the kind of player that if if he does what they think, he could be around for a long time. Well, at least as long as Rex is, so maybe not a long time. Well, we've recommended the book uh, Collision Low Crossers many times. times. It's been a while, though. And, you know, one of the takeaways is how much influence Rex had in that draft room, that his force of personality. To a fault just made him overtake it. And they've drafted a defensive player on the Rex team for seven straight years. This time, as you mentioned, three straight defensive players to start the draft. And and I don't know. That's a weird thing to me because should he be running? I've seen this movie no. before. No, he does not know how to I've run. Seen this movie before. Do we want to watch the Jets in Buffalo? I don't, no. don't want to watch that. And But it's a weird thing also for Doug Whaley, who got a contract extension, but it might have just been one year. And to me, he's very year to year. And he's pulled an interesting trick. He has not drafted particularly well in Buffalo. He has survived a first-round bust with a capital B in E.J. Manuel. And you usually don't do that. I mean, that was one of the more shocking picks, I would say, at quarterback of the last five years. And it's it also had- a, a, 
oft-criticized pick at the time. That's what I mean. And, and it has not worked out at all. But he's managed to survive it, and he's just kind of riding the Rex train like Tannenbaum rode it in New York, and it's just going to hope that, for the best. Was that the worst quarterback class either? The first, well, first two were, fi- I think, 15 overall was Manuel, and then Gino went early in the second round. It was a zero quarterback class, yeah. and, and, and invariably someone's going to pump up or you know over overvalue one of them, and the Bills fell for with Manuel. To be fair, while the draft class is have been defensive-oriented, they did go out and get LaShawn McCoy. They yeah. traded for him. They went out and thought they got Percy Harvin for more than a season. They went and got Richie Incognito, which was laughed at at the time but worked out. So, worked out you know, they're, they're, they're addressing the offense. But, yeah, Whaley should be under fire. They also addressed the quarterback position, I should say, in the, in the fourth round. And it's a controversial player out of Ohio State. There's like literally 400 guys drafted out of Ohio State in this draft. Most like. players Close. ever in the first three rounds, any college program. Hubba so hubba. That's pretty good. Hmm. Including five in the first 20 picks. Uh, Cardell Jones, uh, the quarterback, 6'5", 253. It's a big boy. Uh, but he ran into some issues in his later years and maybe some, some bad game tape. Uh, so he is kind of a, you know, that's one thing I won't trust ever, uh, having followed Rex closely, is if they're going to, that if there, any regime is going to take a mid-round quarterback, the chances of him turning into something special uh, are very slim. But I guess you could say Tyrod Taylor turned into something. Well, they have special. Greg Roman, which he never really had. One thing about Rex, and we, we are clear about how we feel about the uh, Schottenheimer Jr., but he never really had an innovative offensive coordinator attached to him. And with Roman... You know, some don't like Roman, but I think he's certainly a better option than he's Rex. He's in your Rolodex. Well, it's a great, Famously. It's a great spot for Cardell Jones. Who? <laughs> when are you going to call him? I think way? so too. Wait, wait. Let's and just, when am let's I going to call this. Greg Roman? Greg Roman is in your phone. You met him in an airport a couple of years back in a yeah. league event. When are you going to get that source? Who knows? Get who knows? He's not s- texting him all the time. I'm not texting him all the time. I'm pretty certain that if I were to call him, it's not my name popping up on his phone, just a random number from like Southern California, and it's you let it go to voicemail, and then it's embarrassing. How crazy? How stunned would you be if I told you if you call his number on his phone, Quiet Storm pops up? Well, I think that's just fantasy. <laughs> okay, go ahead, Greg. <laughs> I was gonna say Cardale Jones is you know one of the more exciting quarterback prospects in this draft to land with Greg Roman. I mean, that could be fun. I don't know. I it, would it twelve gauge. Would it stun you to see Cardell Jones like starting a game in week fourteen? Not at all. For the no. Buffalo not Bills in any and way. just making some crazy plays and who knows? He'll be six and eight. Well, we don't. Tyrod Taylor does not strike you as an insanely durable quarterback. He's bound to miss a game here or there, and that's your next guy up potentially. All right. So those are the big storylines uh, out of the last two days. Uh, so we wanted to hit on each of those, but now let's let's again let's take a bigger step back. Let's go macro. Whoa. Wait a Macro. minute. I can't even see you guys yeah. now. Whoa. Afraid of heights, bro. Um, Good let's, let's, yeah. <laughs> Winners and losers of the 2016 NFL draft. Go around the horn a couple times here. Uh, and we'll, we'll get to the go get my lunch props. I know Brandon is like salivating behind the glass. He's like pawing at the glass. Oh, he's he the big winner. He's the big uh, winner. I promise you, Brandon, we're going to get to it. But first, the winners and losers of this draft, and Mark, why don't let's start positive. Uh, give us a winner. With a winner, I'm going to go with the combination of John Elway and Paxton Lynch. And uh, winning. There you go, we, Wes. We hit on this a little bit in the last <laughs> show, and Bring I was back. talking with a Broncos fan, a close friend yesterday, and 
he was not really that familiar with Paxton Lynch, but the more that I started to think about this move and the more he started to watch Lynch, I think there's a reason to be excited about how Lynch fits in this offense. He's going to take time, but also just Elway to me has one of the chances behind Ozzie Newsom to be one of the best player into front office leader of our lifetime. I really think Elway is a winner that goes and gets it done, whether it's free agency one year or you get into this jam with the quarterback this time and everyone's ready to put him, you know, into some situation where, oh, Elway's finally, he's been solved. Elway's in a fix. He's backed into a corner. But no, he went out and he got, I think, what you can talk all you want about the top two quarterbacks. Lynch has a chance to be a very interesting special player if it works out for him. And I, I... the Broncos solved their problem. They they are not going to have Whoa. Mark Sanchez for wrong. I I say, believe that. Well, he's in the best spot say, of any of the quarterbacks. He's Can in I a great say, spot. We do not know that they solved their problem. They well, they addressed. They addressed where other problem. teams all over the league have burning needs, and they and you come out of the draft as a fan, and you're like, please draft this position, please draft this, and you just they're going everywhere else, and you're thinking, what happened over the last three like, days? Like the Denver. Browns and quarterback. Well, I guess they did draft a quarterback. But that's fair. A lot of Browns fans feel that way, so you're right. They they Jets and quarterback. We talk about oh, don't draft for position, draft for need. Well, you cannot argue that John Elway definitely drafted for pos- for position here because he was left in such a bind by the Osweiler situation. He did. Sometimes you have to draft for need. If – I'll say this, and I agree. I know you, Mark and Wes, definitely are higher on this than I am and perhaps Greg as well. If Lynch you turns into higher. a star – If Lynch turns into a star <laughs> – No, I'm not. Uh, Elway will be untouchable Absolutely. in terms of when you look at executive. I, I got news for you. He's yeah. already untouchable. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean in terms of when you – historically. If it works out, then it's like, wait a minute. This guy is Ozzie Newsome 2.6, and he's even better than Ozzie Exactly. Newsome. If this works out. We'll yeah. see. But, but again, you you go for he it and you address it. That's for sure. He's, he's not king s- of the football he world He just right won now. the right Super Bowl right. as an executive. If he has a bad career as an executive the rest of the way, the fact that he got the Broncos, another exclamation point uh, – championship off the ones that he wanted to play. It's, his, his statue is made. But one last thing. He didn't sit here and say, oh, you know what? I'm going to spin for the next four months that we're excited about Mark Sanchez as our guy, and we have no other answer. I hope he wouldn't do that. I mean, but that, that's a situation yeah. some teams are in at that position. It was a little, a little bit desperate, though, right? Like scrambling to trade up to get this I don't think Elway has ever come across as I did, desperate. It didn't seem desperate at all to me. Okay. <laughs> we'll see. That, you know what? Greg. I say it a lot. This is what I love about sports. We're going to see what happens. We'll see. Sports you do are, love sports. You also <laughs> say sports are important, like as a, just as, in terms of the fabric of the country. Yeah, it brings us together. Even when it seems like it's tearing us apart, it brings us closer. Uh, Wes, why don't you give, give us a winner or loser? What do you want to do? Well, I, a lot of our, my winners we've already covered. I don't want to go too in-depth on, okay. on the AFC South. How about the International Game of American Football? Moritz Boehringer becomes the first – First player from an international league to be drafted into the NFL. That's exciting. That was Dan was oh, Dan was all over this story. Ritz. I would yeah, this that was my only winner actually, but that's okay. <laughs> no, 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 you take it. That's I, fine. You take it. <laughs> well, how about we jo- we Yes, yeah, this will be a joint, joint forces. Winner. Here we go. We West don't need to own hands. it. You can you can there's yeah, lots of winners. We're sharing this one. I got like 10. Mine was a little broader. I said Germany was the winner. So much so that I went on YouTube and found German pop music. Mm. So everybody enjoy this a little bit. Uh, let's listen to this for a couple seconds. Deutsch. 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 Natürlich hat ein Deutscher Wetten das erfunden. 
Anyway, so bring back pond this pond, pond, please. Yeah. Just a note, Dan, you were downstairs in our newsroom. He was falling in love with this song for roughly an hour, blast singing this and scaring the bejesus out of a new uh, photo girl that we have in our office that has no, doesn't really oh, know she, Dan. Was she frightened? She was extremely scared oh, of what you are. If we're ranking international pop, J-pop right now on the podcast, number one, yeah. Germany is, is behind. Wait, turn it up again. I like the chord. in last place, no matter what else is out there. I kind of like This it. song is called Deutschland, which is Germany. Uh, Thank you. Translation. <laughs> and the name of the song is called, well, not everyone knows the language. Die Prinzen. Which translates to die song. Oh, the song is called Deutschland. <laughs> by uh, it's called Germany. Die princes, I believe, is the princes. This is fantastic. Die music. They are known as the Aerosmith of Germany. That sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. We've got to go down to the coast and find this on the jukebox. You guys don't like this? It's I like terrible. It. No, I, now Wes, I can't tell if Dan's being ironic or not. No, I actually, it's kind of a, it's a fun song. Let's then oh again, my god! Then again, I also sent uh, Dan a, a video the other day of of what's the NFL Network's theme for the draft. Oh yeah, and and he called them uh, like, oh, I really like this. It's like an updated collective soul. <laughs> like that was a compliment. A little bit, yeah. They had some good songs. <laughs> anyway, so his name, uh, Wes. What was it? More. Moritz Berenger. He was. He, what a great story. And he was on the Move the Sticks pod uh, earlier this month. He five years ago he knew nothing about football. He was just stumbling around on YouTube and happens to click into a Adrian Peterson highlights video and is so taken by Peterson's talents that he begins to train. He gathers a group of seven guys in Germany. That's his first team he was on. It was just seven guys. They practice. He ends up. Uh, he's a big six four guy, speedy wide receiver, uh, strong. He ends up dominating the German football league. Uh, which is the highest level of football in Europe, apparently, and um, comes to America uh, on Leap Day, February 29th, for people scoring at home, and blows away everyone in the um, uh, UFA, I believe it was, um, Pro Day, and uh, Florida Atlantic Pro Day, excuse me, and then gets drafted by the Vikings, the very team that he fell in love with. He became a Vikings fan after Peterson. Nice story. It's a very. I got to spin one loser off of that exact narrative because okay. it's an excellent story. And if you were watching the draft coverage, you know Mike. It was Mike Mayock, our uh, in-house guru, uh, Svengali draft individual, who like picked up the phone literally because they had hit, they had uh, Mo Bo or whatever his name is on the set, and he Maurice basically he, he told Mayock, I would love, or and Daniel Jeremiah, I would love to play for the Vikings because of the whole Peterson thing you mentioned. Yeah, Mayock gets on the phone. Calls up the Viking, calls up Zimmer. Well, he appealed to the television first. Right. And then Zimmer called him. Right. Zimmer called him. Juice. And then, like, two minutes later, and something that is, you know, something that would have felt a little bit unbelievable in a movie script, bang, the Vikings draft him. And here's the loser because our in house uh, European man, Henry Hodgson, Ooh. has been lobbying for this guy but he for couldn't... months and months. And it should have been Henry that gets the most oh. credit for making this happen. And he gets bad. He's not. He's invisible. He's not even Handsome on the Hank. scene. Handsome Henry. Yeah, he literally is right there with Moritz and showing him around today. This was a thrilling moment. Henry's helped really promote. Greg Oranger gets him on the move. The sticks. This was a big moment. People for like to get credit, Greg. I don't know if you're aware of that. And We're Henry deserves him. more credit. Mayock stole his spotlight. Oh, I like that. I like that. Uh, May yeah, Mayock basically looked into the camera and told the Vikings to take Bo Ringer, and then they took him. A little weird, but, uh, it, you know, I'm happy for the guy. 
Deutschland. <laughs> All right, give us a loser, Greg. A loser? Okay. Yeah. I've got a lot of both. Uh, let's say Connor Cook. Mm. He was supposedly in the mix for a first-round pick, although I don't know if anyone really ever quite bought that. Wait, you're calling him a loser? Well, he, he's not he a just lo- losers. <laughs> he had a bad weekend. He's not a loser. They're losers. They're just losers. That's the uh, GOP frontrunner. <laughs> a good chance that man's the president. <laughs> Donald Trump. He got in, drafted into a spot where, at best, he's a backup quarterback. And when you go up against Matt McGloin, uh, Sonny, you know, you might not come out of that battle <laughs> looking too good. Matt McGloin Nation I like has been stepping up for a while. I don't, know if, you, I don't, know, I don't know if you remember. He was the preseason MVP in 2013. The Raiders compared him to Jeff Garcia. <laughs> he's looked pretty good. Whenever, Wait on Thanksgiving Day a couple years Whenever ago. he plays. So, you know, basically he's going to be a number three quarterback, which is fine. But he's stuck in a long-term backup situation. He didn't go as high as he wanted. And he's going to be remembered as the guy who just was questioned forever. Why aren't you the captain? Captain of your own team when you're a quarterback didn't didn't have a good weekend. It's fair. Mark. I have two laser losers, which means they'll be quick. One. Whoa. Kaepernick, not just Kaepernick because of this whole Kaepernick thing. He's stuck in a city he doesn't want to be in, a team he doesn't want to be with. But all the people that had to write about Kaepernick in this ridiculous drama over the last three months where in the end it's completely stationary and he goes nowhere. Waste of time. All right, number two, laser loser. I got I'm sorry, Greg, I got to do this. That's a Trumpism. I got to go here, Greg Rosenthal. Wow. Big loser this Whoa. week. Whoa. And I'm going to tell you why, and it's not, it's not going to appeal. You're not going to like it because it's not logical. I just have a feeling that this – this weekend, the events of this weekend, we just talked about a whole nother division rising out of the dust. That the NFL scenery is changing, and I can feel it. The Patriots are about to take a major dirt nap. And you, I like the sound you of that. say, oh, oh no. why would that make me the loser? Exactly, because Greg is hiding behind this psychological veneer saying that he's excited to see the Patriots collapse so he can enjoy a losing (laughs) type of season. But when the reality sets in and it's really happening, it's going to absolutely body rock your entire (laughs) view of the universe when you have to attach yourself to a loser and a team that's going to be mired in a three decades long slump. They're going to psychologically switch team, switch existences with another team this year. Wait, and what? you're going to have to ride it out. Which is it, though? Dan always says I don't have any actual feelings for the Patriots. We're going to find out. And now that, you're and now you're rolling fan. with them and into the dark it? side. You're going to go through the long night with New England. It's going to be three decades long, and we'll find out when you're 62 how you <laughs> feel about the Patriots. Then you're a little hot and cold as a fan. Like sometimes um, you do, you're a little indifferent, and you take your step, your step back. And then sometimes I can really see like the New Englander in you, and you're a super if they get hardcore. Cl- if they get close to a title, yes. But we've had, we've had, uh, they've had. Enough success at this point. What more could you ask for? But what do you say to what um, Mark Sessler uh, <laughs> here is that he believes something almost inexplicably. I can't explain it. Yeah. It doesn't. I don't. I you didn't like the Patriots. You didn't like the Jacoby Brissett pick, the third round quarterback. Well, I didn't like some of the shenanigans that was occurring during their announcing their picks. Got a little hubriotic. Oh my gosh, I I totally disagree. I I would say Kevin Falk is oh, a big winner Kevin of the Falk. week. What a winner! What a oh, way to do! He, that was so awesome. He hides the Brady jersey. He oh, welcomes the, the cheers. Stood there like Superman. And then he has uh, 
you know, Tom Brady oh. drafts their pick for him. That was if you're great. gonna railroad a guy who should get a twenty five thousand dollar fine and turn him into a. Four it was terrific. And and Come I on. I speak. I think for Patriots fans. What is Kevin Falk moves up now my all time Patriots he, rankings. He moves up my all time human rankings to number one. Right. What did so, you like uh, about it so much? Winning. What did I like about it? Yeah. Because Brady's been railroaded all along. I like the support. No, I know. <laughs> I know. Thank I, you. I mean, I get it. Mark and Dan, you guys love rooting for the NFL against uh, the Patriots, but you know, no, not true. In That's this right. case, Ke- all, Kevin Fox making a statement about a teammate and a guy he loves. How can you not respect just... that? So he passes Ty Law. He's not gonna go ahead of, ahead of Troy Brown. Wait, let me write this down. Yeah, he passes Ty Law. Troy okay. Brown's still ahead. Troy Brown. I believe Malcolm Butler's third right now. Okay. Uh, but Kevin Fox up to number two all time Patriots. Let me just say, why where, where's Tom Brady in that? Well, mix? he's just in his own category. The, here, here is the the irony and the thing that makes me laugh about the Patriots and what a joke this organization has been with the Tom Brady stuff with the Flakegate. They did not have his back. What with the flake eight, they did not go to the wall for it. All right, give me a specific example of what you wanted that they could have possibly They should have went after the league instead of uh, Robert Kraft saying he was going to take the sanctions and just deal with it and hope it goes away. They should have went point, after dog. the league that's all the way. And now, and now that that's out of the way and the, and the horse is out of the barn, they now did. they send guys out with jerseys, and then when the draft starts and they don't have a first-round pick, they change their Instagram to a Brady jersey. They did start an we entire website. We are all Brady, Brady Strong, hashtag. It's like, dude, I know the dirty secret is that you did not have his back. What about the whole the website that's – Solely dedicated to burying the NFL. That's run by little, the Patriots. Too little, Which too is late. bizarre that that it still exists. That's, That's true. That ever existed. <laughs> what, is, what is happening with that? Dan, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Say Chad Pennington was a four-time Super Bowl champion. This happened to him, and Wayne Krebet went out there with a Chad Pennington. I would pick. love it. I'm not. Of course. I don't have an issue so much with whoever this Hammenager was. Who was it again? Kevin Fox. Kevin Probably Fox. the greatest <laughs> third down back of all time. The issue, I, the issue I had was the Patriots <laughs> continuing to be sycophants with Brady when they <laughs> actually did not have his back <laughs> in reality. All right, let's throw out, but I'm not. I'm okay with Greg. I'm okay with you being a fan of like certain guys you had loyalty to. You've got like five more months to enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll throw out a, uh, a big winner. Um, RG3. I don't even think he has anybody competing with him. How did this play out this way? Well, Josh McCown's better than him, so he's going to have to compete. Is is McCown going to be on the team? That's a good question. This is not how I thought this was going to play out. You know, you thought they would come out of with this new regime in town that they would – uh, the RG3 move is a little surprising, but then you say, okay, well, they're going to get a rookie, and RG3 will be the keep-the-seat-warm guy, and maybe you get a year or two out of him. And they, they straight, instead, we're heading towards – uh, football activities with this guy as their starting quarterback. I, he he should be pinching himself because I don't think anybody saw it playing out this way. Uh, it's very dangerous, uh, Hugh Jackson, what he's doing here, in my opinion. But uh, I didn't see this coming. Big winner, RG3. Well, not only that, they get four wide receivers. They literally drafted four wide receivers, including Corey Coleman. So not only is RG3 a big winner, how about the Browns receiver coach, Al Saunders? I mean, he's got a lot to work with. Bomb? Yeah. All of a sudden. He's still in the league? They took 14 players. 14 players is a lot of players. That's the most the Browns have taken since 79 when they had 12 rounds. So this was their strategy to just load up on rookies, and we'll, we'll see. I mean, not everyone can make the team, obviously, but you give them a shot, see who sticks. Yeah, I mean, and to your – and I, you know, you, Wes, do you want to speak on this because you were not hot on them 
missing out on a quarterback also. You made some good points. Well, they did take a quarterback. They took Well, but not Cody someone Kessler. that people are excited but about. But they're excited about it. DJ sure. said they thought about taking him in the second round, which stunned Hugh Jackson. Stunned Hugh Jackson is his back words. He's also a guy that the mountains moved for RG3, but he said that you guys got to trust me on this one. He thinks that they unearthed like they, a gem. Well, I tell you who doesn't trust him, a USC graduate down on our desk, Andy Hageman, who basically said after they drafted him, perfect pick for the Browns. He doesn't read coverages. Right. I mean, Cody Kessler is not a guy that, you know, made a lot of fans as a USC quarterback, I wouldn't say, or got a lot of people overly uh, excited about him. But Hugh Jackson liked him. I have a theory, though, on, on all of this after seeing Cody Kessler. It really solidifies to me that the Browns were going to take Goff, that they were higher on Goff. Because Certainly. C- Cody Kessler and J- Cody Kessler is a very B-minus-minus-minus version of, of Goff. And if you're thinking that, I mean, Goff and Wentz are very different quarterbacks and that that really kind of scrambled, you know, what they were going to do. I think they, right. They wasn't just take any quarterback up top. Right. And, and, and that, in, in where I was. It should be lauded for that. Right. And you asked, because a week ago I was saying, I, w- I don't want to miss out on the next Big Ben. But that was in a vacuum where I had no concept of what their plan was. And I think there's still probably, in general, Cleveland's in two camps. It's the camp that says, wait a minute, we've missed out on every quarterback. How could you possibly do it again? And they're going to judge this draft and this plan by the fact of how Wentz does and everything that happened. But from another angle, now that I see what they've done and the amount of picks they've accrued over the next couple of years, I do like one thing. They said, we've got to build this team from the ground up. And the last time they put a, a quarterback, a first round one or two pick out with a team of this roster of this quality, it was Tim Couch and they ruined his career. Mm-hmm. These people didn't do that, but I think they want, you can go, you can build a team in a number of ways. And what, if you watch that war room, and we had a raw feed of it. They are all they are all on the same page. It wasn't Hugh Jackson sitting in the corner pouting. He got a lot of the picks he wanted. They're working in unison. That's completely different than the last five front you offices. You couldn't say we've heard that before. That, as well. That's why I think that page. you could call Browns fans the losers because every time they get a new regime in there, they have to convince themselves and repeat this the mantra: "We got to give this new regime a chance to show what they're doing. We got to give them a few years." So you're right, said, but a year ago, about the last four or five regimes. And the fact is, you still don't have a quarterback. A year ago, you talked about the fact that it was good they had an owner that kept changing coaches because you weren't sticking with a bad one. Mm-hmm. Now, you did? Uh, y- yes, you did. And w- and one thing I would say is that you're right. Browns fans are have been losers for, for they haven't won a playoff game since New Year's Day 1995. It's been nothing but. I think this is this does feel different to me. And you got Browns fans in both camps. Some will agree with you 100. percent Others believe in what's happening. You got to wait and see. I like Mark's optimistic about the Browns. I, I, than I'm the not other like side. just glowing like optimism, but I think they have a plan no, and they stuck to it. There's no optimism. question about that. But you believe in you believe I, in Sasha. They, it wasn't some you gu- like some you. you know they they followed through with what they said they were going to do. And that that a lot of picks. We'll find out. Then, a, then again, who is who else? You know, made almost as many picks. Uh, would be another one of one of my winners. The Ravens, thirteen picks, four five in the fourth round, which is outrageous. I mean, they had eight picks in their first five rounds. I think Ozzie Newsom looked at this roster and they said, "We got some problems. We need to rebuild the middle class of this group." They took a lot of players, and they're all big Ravens type of players. So I'm throwing them in the winners. How about that? Mind if I pick a winner? Or Please go ahead. Uh, pick. Piggybacking off of Mark has Greg Rosenthal's loser. Dan Hansis, draft loser. <laughs> They're losers. <laughs> They're just losers. <laughs> this this sentence came out of his mouth before the podcast started about an undrafted punter. <laughs> this guy just saved the Jets draft. <laughs> <laughs> and you like, were serious. 
No, well, he was no. not serious. <laughs> I was not a fan of the Jets draft. I mean, we don't have to spend a lot more time on the Jets, but I, uh, me and Matt Sawicki, who works downstairs uh, on the desk on the uh, network side, um, we were both calling for this uh, punter out of Utah whose name Hack- – Tom Hackett. Tom Hackett. Uh, <laughs> Sawicki showed me some tape of the guy, and I was calling hard. We were both calling hard for him to go- get selected. The Jets did take a punter in the seventh round. Or seventh round, it was not – um, hack it, but then they signed him immediately after the draft. So perhaps I don't know. I'm not saying that I influenced uh, the Jets. I'm just going to. I think you there. did. You have sway. So, yeah. Well, I retweeted from the Around the NFL account, which, by the way, at Around the NFL, uh, lightning round losers for me, Wes. And then I want to hear another one from you, uh, Laramie Tunsil and the Dolphins. Their press conference the day after the first round was a disgrace. Come back to us, uh, Gloria Stefan, uh, because. They initially tried to get him out of the mix entirely to avoid his own introductory press conference by saying he had an allergic reaction. And I know there's a lot of uh, people that uh, said you cannot besmirch the Dolphins by saying that they were making that up. And a lot of people were saying, oh, it really was an allergic reaction. You got to get him out there. Push back the press conference because it looks really bad. And then eventually he did show up at the press conference. uh, So they essentially had two media availabilities. And I think it's part of the reason was Twitter was blown up at them. Lightning winner. Bears front seven. Mm. They hit on Eddie Goldman in the draft last year and and Pernell McPhee in free agency, and that allowed him to build around those two guys. That's your framework. You signed Danny Trevathan and Jarrell Freeman. Then you draft Leonard Floyd as your bookend edge rusher to McPhee. And you draft Jonathan Bullard in a third round as one of your defensive ends. This front seven is remade in Vic Fangio's image. Lightning loser, uh, new Chiefs quarterback Kevin Hogan out of Stanford. This is how Charles Davis described him at the beginning of a sentence. In some ways, he's Tyler Palco. <laughs> yeah, some That's of these, not good. Some of these draft comparisons when you go on NFL.com. Late round pick, but. It's, yeah, they, they're not, it's not a That's flattering. Not I'm going to throw out one more one winner more. while we're at it. The, the New Orleans Saints, I like their first three picks. Apparently it wasn't that popular in New Orleans, but Sheldon Rankins, man, they needed someone reliable on their defensive line. I like what I've seen out of Michael Thomas, and they certainly need a wide receiver. And then Von Bell, uh, a rangy safety, certainly a position they need. They got some athletes in the first two rounds. Unfortunately, that makes a loser adding Von Bell out of someone that we – it's really close to our heart. Jairus Byer. Oh, no. Jairus Byer. You look at the player comparisons on Von Bell's page, it's Jairus Bird. Well, uh. Bird set his own table. I got a laser loser. Do we have one laser, second? Yeah, sure. I, we don't talk about this team much, but the Falcons, I thought they came into this draft with an absolute Snore. need to get a pass rush. They have no pass rush, and they did not address it up top where they needed to, and that way they, it was clear to everyone that was their goal. They, I think they have a chance to drop behind the Titans on the boring rankings. Got Little a point. Chance. All right. Keanu Neal's not doing it for you? <laughs> Fine. All right, so, uh, so that's it. Winners and losers of the draft. Uh, before we get out of here, let's check in on Go Get My Lunch, uh, you giant turd of doom, uh, because we did have props all through the draft. And why don't we – we're not going to bury the lead here. I mean, uh, I think it's time for some celebration music for the Irishman, Brandon McInnes, because guess what? After an 0-19 <laughs> slump by producers on the show, <clears throat> finally a winner, the Irishman – said that Notre Dame linebacker Jalen Smith would go in the first two rounds. And guess what? We all took him up on it. He said, no way it happens. And he went early in the second round. The floor is yours, Irishman. Congratulations. Way to go. It pays off to have faith in people. 
you know? And uh, I had faith in Jerry Jones that he would do something stupid. Wow. um, You know what? I just appreciate him, uh, even though four sandwiches to him is like a cent. Wow, four sandwiches. Literally, you have sandwiches for the better part of a week. I'm over 500 now. I mean, we could three. We could put Sessler as a lightning loser. He somehow didn't even play the game, and he's go. He's down a sandwich. Still oh, and well, and I changed he's my. He's got a winning percentage of zero. I changed my answer, which is a disaster. I'll never do it again. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't just do this for me. Also, I did it for K. Rich, uh, <laughs> Gold Very Standard, good. Sid, TD, all the ones that uh, weren't able to get over the 500 mark. The Irishman chewing the scenery, but we'll we'll give it to him. <laughs> uh, a big victory for him. I'm sure your mom will be proud of you about this one if she listens to the show, uh, because you did something historic. I feel good. Yeah. Uh, one other, before we get into the, the, the standings, Sheck had, uh, when last time he was on the show, he had all in on a prop that Peyton Manning would have a front office job before the NFL draft. Possibly the worst, the worst sandwich prop of all time. That's, uh, this would be a game that Sheck would struggle at. We got to get out of here. Spurs Thunder just started. All right. We're, let's wrap it up then. <laughs> By the way, the, um, the standings, according to Nick Fortier at Go Get My Lunch, I went eight and six. Greg eight and nine. Colleen, nice start on Friday, but finished seven and eight. West six and nine, and Mark the zero and one. Um, <laughs> we'll go through them real quick. West. It's like got an ACL tear in week two or something. Titans, Titans trade up and pick in the top ten. You nailed it, Wes. Well, that's one I got right. Yeah. Well, there weren't too many that got right. You had we each got one. Right. Josh Dotson in the first as uh, the first wide receiver drafted. Uh, the team that takes Ezekiel Elliott. You have the Giants. Uh, Paxton Lynch gets drafted within the top eight. That didn't happen. None of us got Elliott, which is too bad because he went to well, a pretty popular sitting right team. there. Yeah, we should have. I overthought that one. I should have taken him. Uh, Greg, you had no trades involving the top ten picks in the draft. Wow. Were, I believe there were two. Ooh. Or two. That yeah. was, and plus that was stupid. What what a weird thing. It's to Very re- un-Greg-like. Yeah. You had Opposition. Uh, Elliott to the Bears. Um, you had got one right. The Broncos trade for a quarterback that's not Colin Kaepernick. They did. This is a little bit controversial, uh, Mark. Correct. Well, I think we give this to Greg, but yeah. there, there was, you know, it comes down to wording and technicalities. But in the spirit of it, Greg got it. Lawyers got right. involved. Yeah, lawyers Greg got it involved. right. He did. They traded for the pick, and then they used that pick to take a quarterback. Uh, so we'll <laughs> give that one to Greg. And he had DeForest Buckner as drafted third overall. Uh, that didn't work out, and Tunsil messed up the whole lineman situation uh, beyond that. Uh, for me, I had the Cowboys draft a quarterback with them. This is why this game's so hard. You could even have the right hunch and still not get things right because the Cowboys tried to trade up for um, Paxton Lynch and couldn't get him. They, I said they'd draft a QB within the first two picks. They didn't. I had the Browns won't draft a quarterback within the first three rounds. <laughs> Browns took a quarterback with a Shouldn't 30, have, maybe. 31st pick wow. in the third round. Um, I said Elliot would go to the Giants, and then again, I knew the Texans wanted a wide receiver badly, um, uh, but Corey Coleman didn't last. I said Coleman would go to either the Texans or Bengals, uh, so I got that incorrect as well. Uh, Colleen Wolf, six Ohio State players are drafted in the first round. After 20 picks, five Ohio State players oh. had went which was a record, but the six never landed. A bunch more went in the draft, but no, no more in the first, only five. She lost that. Uh, she nailed 49ers, picked twice in the first round. They traded back into the first round, so she won three sandwiches there. Uh, she had Elliott to the Browns. And, and the real – this is where – this prompted fresh fish uh, during the show. 
um, fresh fish. Yeah, because she was a newbie to the game. Uh, you don't like to do hyper specific. She had oh. Stephen Tullock gets traded. Where does that come from? <laughs> she played quite well, though. I mean, no, she was she, spot- nice she, start. Was, she was close to cleaning up. Big Very time. close to having yeah. a monster a monster game, but she still she held, she did well overall. So that's what's going on. And as Nick points out, a nice little fun fact, Greg, you'll see here. Uh, ever since my two and fourteen disaster in the draft last year, I've now won the last three rounds of Go Get My Lunch. Come at me. Come at the wow. ball. No, I wouldn't. In fact, I would argue that maybe Colleen just replaces me in this game because I am an ab- abomination. Uh, you, would, you would like that too much, so we can't. I know. This is it. like Greg's, Greg's like, go get my or go get Wes's toast or whatever it's called. This is my version of that. This I don't even want what the it's prize Wes's is. Toaster. I don't even want what the prize is. Um, yeah, it is a tough game for you, Mark. All right, that's Win it. Win Wes's lunch. That's it for the draft recap edition of the Around the NFL podcast. Uh, we'll be back at a, a time to be determined uh, next week, but you will hear from us soon enough. Uh, until then, you'll have two draft podcasts to chew on while everyone, all the other uh, quote-unquote football podcasts out there, everyone else is out at a bar right now or you know sitting on their, their, their hands or watching NBA, NBA playoffs. We're here doing the good work, the Lord's work. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that's it. Let's get out of here. Let's watch some basketball. Uh, this is Dan Hansis signing off. Or the quiet storm. <laughs> the mailman. The boss. <laughs> and the Irishman. Deutsch, Deutsch. Deutsch Alright, it's growing on. <laughs> Till next week! Vielen Dank für die schönen Stunden. Wir sind die freundlichsten Kunden auf dieser Welt. Wir sind bescheiden, wir haben Geld. Die allerbesten in jedem Sport. Die Steuern hier sind Weltrekord. Bereisen Sie Deutschland und bleiben Sie hier. Auf diese Art von Besuchern warten wir. Es kann jeder hier wohnen, dem es gefällt. Wir sind das freundlichste Volk auf dieser Welt. Kleinigkeit ist hier verkehrt und zwar das Schuhmacher keinen Mercedes. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. So, should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between, like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So, Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision for the future. Exactly how much coffee have you had this morning? Oh, oh, oh. 
Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero.